Welcome to the India Fintech Diaries, the only podcast focused exclusively on the Indian fintech market. I'm Elroy. And I'm Himan. In each episode, we dive into the latest trends, ideas, innovations, business models, and personalities that are shaping India's fintech landscape. We also invite amazing guests who are innovators and industry players that are driving the change that is helping make financial services more modern, innovative, and inclusive in India. Come join us as we explore the changing landscape of fintech in India. Hey everyone, welcome back to India Fintech Diaries, the show where we discuss all things Indian fintech. It's great to be back with another episode covering Welltech and some of the innovative work that Indian fintech firms are doing in this space. Today, to take us further in this exploration of Welltech in India, we have with us Aditya Agarwal, CEO and co-founder of Welldi. Welcome to India Fintech Diaries, Aditya. Thank you, Elroy. Pleasure to be here. Aditya, it's great to have you on the show. First of all, congrats on your recent Series A fundraise. That must have been a great milestone for you and Wealthy. But uh, before we get started and discuss Wealthy, talk to us a little bit about yourself. Sure, Elroy. I'm originally from Udaipur, a small town in Rajasthan. My father is, is a small entrepreneur, is a micro entrepreneur in Rajasthan. And okay. uh, as far as I remember, my conscious uh, self, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And for some reason, uh, I was, uh, I was, since I was good at studies, I ended up being, uh, becoming an engineer and I did my engineering from IIT Bombay. But even while I was there, uh, only thing that sort of, if you can call that a dream, like my dream was always to be an entrepreneur and hopefully, uh, create some value, uh, for country, for, you know, people who work with us and hopefully for myself. So I think that is something that I was always very keen on, uh, even as an engineer while I was finishing my engineering. Post finishing my engineering, I worked for a large consulting firm for a few years where we would work with large corporates uh, and help them become larger through strategy, growth, or redesign kind of initiatives. Uh, and the reason why I chose consulting as a career was that uh, I thought that it would give me a good uh, ringside view of how boardrooms make decisions, how... Yeah business leaders make decisions and how you run businesses at scale. Uh, and uh, yeah, and that was, you know, at some point uh, I was at the crossroads of a career where I had to either go and get an MBA from an Ivy League or uh, start pursuing my uh, dream of entrepreneurship. So I chose the latter. And my first step into the world of entrepreneurship was actually with my father uh, in his business where we in Rajasthan, uh, we sell or we trade rather into building materials, uh, especially uh, marble, granite, and likes of those. And it was a business that was struggling because it's a business that is uh, that has been commoditized over time. Yeah. For some reason, I thought that would be the right place for me to uh, start my entrepreneurship career. I ended up spending four years there. We did a lot of new things, which I'm still very proud of at back home. Uh, and still, you know, even when I look go back, a lot of people in the market today still talk about that. This firm was called Rashree Marbles that Rashree tried to do some new stuff and we ended up almost succeeding there as well. After four years, I left. I left home again because I thought now it's I'm ready to go into the real world and build something which is technology enabled. That is also when I invested all the savings that I had into tech startups, some of which worked out, some of which didn't, but you know, sort of got to learn a lot. And I think uh, at some point uh, I, I said to myself and... Uh, and that was, again, out of an insight that I usually uh, would hear from my friends often, all right, who, was, who were especially in uh, sort of regular income jobs, that they're not sure what to do with their savings. 
Yeah, yeah pretty much everyone has the same yeah, problem. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, and I sort of started helping some of my friends think through that and I realized that yeah, it's fun. It's it's a it would be a good thing to build something here and you know, I was enjoying that uh as uh, even as as a as a hobby for for my friends. So that's how I ended up uh, coming to the space of health management. And during that time, Prashant, who's my co-founder, uh, both of us know each other for almost 15 years. Uh, so he was pursuing wealth management as a profession because after his engineering, he did his MBA from IIM Ahmedabad and was with Morgan Stanley in London for many years. And when I spoke to him about this as a problem, he sort of immediately connected to it. And he said that I would love to build this with you. Uh, and I said, yes, I mean, that sounds like a great idea. So that's how we ended up coming together to start Wealthy. And, uh, and yeah, it's been, it's been a fun few years of our own ups and downs, but, uh, it's, it's every day has been, uh, every day has been super fun so far. That's pretty interesting, Aditya. Aditya, India has seen a large increase in investing in the last few years. So if you look at the statistics, for example, the number of DMAT accounts has almost doubled from about 36 million in 2019 to about 74 million in 2021. I think we've also seen similar increases in mutual fund investors with India now having about uh, 27 million mutual fund investors as well. But I think in spite of this in renewed interest in the public market investing that we have seen, right, quality financial advice and guidance in building wealth for people who are looking to invest and building a good investment portfolio still remains scarce. So SEBI, for example, only re reported about maybe 1,300 odd registered investment advisors which is actually in very poor ratio of almost one advisor for every maybe 76, 80,000 investors. I mean, if you add bank relationship managers, etc. to the mix, that ratio does not improve significantly. What do you think some of the structural reasons might be for this kind of skewed ratio and challenges that might be there? Right. I think so. One, uh, let's just step back a bit and look at yeah. how much money are we investing. So just to give you a number, Indians today save $500 billion a year. That's yeah. the savings that we do every year as households. And if you look at net investing into equity uh, in last one year when markets were at the at their peak and number of DMAT accounts were at a rise, it was it was about three and a half billion dollars. Right, right. So that's about right. one and a half percent of what we save annually. Right. So we are still in very, very early stages of uh, the transition of us from savers to investors, right? And I think as right. you rightly said, one key, you know, one key input that we feel missing and that we have seen, experienced ourselves missing is what you rightly said is quality financial advice, right? That is something that is missing from the current ecosystem and that is essential for more of this, you know, money. Because ultimately everybody has understood that my savings have to grow faster, but they just don't know how, right? Correct. While I can watch some YouTube videos, I can look at some names, you know, ultimately I end up participating with very small wallet share of my total savings, right? And and that ends up, and even those decisions, if I don't take correctly, then that don't give me, you know, that doesn't give me confidence to sort of participate with a higher wallet share, you know, six months from now or 12 months from now. Yeah, and there's also a matter of discipline also, being a disciplined investor and being consistent in it. Correctly. So there is, you know, a lot, lot of behavior control that I need to do as an individual if I'm, you know, putting my money, uh, which is outside of fixed deposits, right? So, yeah. uh, but to, to be able to solve for that, uh, you know, what is really missing is uh, quality financial advice. Because if you, you know, if you compare, let's say even US, I think US, even though US, uh, if, even if you're a class eight student, like, you know, compare equivalent to class eight student here, they start learning about stock markets, you know, at that, at that age, right? They start 
understanding equity as an asset class they start understanding the need for growing their money at a rate which is faster than inflation when they are so young and in our country we don't still don't have that conversation right yeah so as long as that conversation is not happening we continue to rely you know the gap continues to remain uh, on the side of high quality financial advice right and uh, i think uh, the challenge of course uh, in terms of the number that you mentioned sebi's that that essentially is a question of business model right correct one particular business model probably doesn't seem you know like that business model doesn't seem to be working right that's why you don't see that sort of you know number increasing but if you look at any developed markets also right so right now there are two kinds of fee models that an advisor can pursue one model is a fee based which is which they earn from the investor and the other right. model is a commission model which they sort of earn from the manufacturer right and skew in india still remain towards the commission model because as a mark, as a country we are not yet there where we are moving money out of fd now asking someone to actually pay for me to move money out of fd that is actually you know that's like becomes a much harder sir yeah that behavior change is yeah. very difficult right so i think that is the reason why uh, you know you see lesser number of fee only uh, advisors in fact if, even if you look at in ultra hni market right a lot of yeah. financial advisors sort of surrendered their fee based uh, business model licenses because that is something that countries uh, the country savers are not yet ready right very few percentage so that's so in terms of rii growth that's a, that's you know that's essentially the challenge why that number is not growing right but on the other hand you have lot of people today who are engaged yeah. in some sort of financial services activity in the market right because ultimately india is a country of entrepreneurs right right and this is a lucrative profession because you don't need to make any investment right as a, as an individual correct right you just need to be able to earn trust of people and be able to sort of uh, get them to you know do things which they have never done you know so get give them better returns or give them better ideas on what they can do with their money So there are a lot yeah. of people. They could be just distributing FDs right now. They could be just distributing insurance right now. They could be just distributing mutual funds right now, right? So this is a very large yeah. ecosystem of those people. And what is happening today? The change that is happening and that a part, uh, and we hope uh, to also play a big part in that change, is that even if you go to today, let's say an FD agent, which is which has only been doing FDs for his or her clients, they have realized that clients today want more, right? and that yeah. pushing that fd advisor to also you know sort of learn about other products how he can help his or her client better so i think what essentially we are betting on is the idea that similarly similar goes for bank relationship managers if you speak to any bank relationship manager today in fact when there were articles published as well on that problem we have more than 500k well active yeah. relationship managers in india bank relationship managers a lot of them are not happy with what they are doing right because they've been on mm. a treadmill uh of 996 and then moving from one bank to another and then Correct. doing things for the clients which are pushed on by the bank but they might not really want to do because you know they were aggressive revenue targets to meet right uh and 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 sort of pandemic has forced some of these people to think yeah that you know what am i doing with my life is this what is this right. what i want to do the for the rest of my life or what i want to start working for myself and for my clients right yeah so i think the bet that we are taking is that two things one of course uh, the model could be commission based or fee based that is a choice of the individual uh, advisor and and also and also the client right some clients may prefer a fee based model some clients so that you know you can't sort of force 
a particular model down anyone's you know sort of throat whether it's an advisor yeah. or client right so that let the market evolve there but i think the second bet that we are taking is that there's already an ecosystem of people who are having conversations about money with correct middle class at large right um, and today because of internet because of video technology because of everything else that has happened in last 2 years the ground has actually shifted where you can today create a distributed workforce which is very well trained which is very well priced of all different how to really manage money and you know there is and and there is interest amongst those people because they are also seeing that they are losing out on clients uh, if they are not able to upgrade themselves and offer more products to their clients right mm. so essentially right. the bet that we are taking is that let's say we need a million new wealth managers or financial advisors in this country that 1 million can actually come out of the existing pool that is already out there right yeah and you know and there are enough people today who are sort of who are ready to get themselves upskilled and today because of technology you can actually upskill people you can give them a platform you know and all of that you can do it in a very low cost environment right compared mm, to right. Not, let's say for example if an lic so today we obviously don't talk about lic anymore but you know lic when it sort of started its first savings products it was an interesting innovation for indian savers because indian savers until then didn't really have much else right and they were yeah. able to really use the independent advisor network to really go deep into india and give people an option to do something rather than just keeping cash under their pillow right correct so to that extent and obviously lic took 50 60 70 80 years to get to let's say a couple of million Uh, people who are sort of talking about their products right but today all of that you can do much faster right yeah you can upskill people with um, content you can upskill people with quizzes you can upskill people with you know so in so what i think essentially what we are saying is that if you have to leverage ai you rather leverage ai to upskill the existing workforce and make them first of all understand the value prop yeah. the advantage of becoming a holistic wealth manager and holistic financial advisor but at the same at the same time leverage technology to really do it at scale right yeah rather than leveraging ai to sort of you know build algorithms which end clients try and use to manage their money because that is going to take you know a long time for that behavior shift to happen and most and mo- maybe it will never happen because 99% people want to do their work five days a week or six days a week and then sunday they want to sort of buy groceries or you know spend time with their family right so it's right. It, it's unreasonable to expect that uh, that 99% of people will actually be able to sort of uh, you know the end consumers uh, would actually be able to spend time to uh, to start learning enough and to be able to uh, uh, to be able to leverage you know sort of let's an algorithm to manage their money right but you would rather i think the yeah. bet that we are taking is that we will rather invest all that effort into technology upskilling ai on the supply side and scale existing ecosystem and upskill existing ecosystem to make them a complete uh, complete wealth manager or complete financial advisor and after that the model is hmm. up to you know an individual's choice and a client's choice whether the client wants a fee based model or if the client is comfortable with you know commission based model that is completely up to the client and advisor so aditya thanks for that fairly detailed uh, description of uh, what the current state of the market is and some of the key factors in that market that led you to found wealthy i also want to talk about another key aspect uh, that i've seen personally right so when i first started investing first number one it was difficult for me to invest directly without the investor relationship manager i'm talking about like 15 15 odd years back 
and even after you invested with using one of these uh, financial advisors or relationship managers to invest in mutual funds the only way you could track investments at that time would have been to paper statements right so you had to meticulously keep a track of those paper statements and let's say tomorrow you switched your financial advisor for some reason right it would be very cumbersome for the new guy to even figure out what you'd invested and if you didn't keep records and also most financial advisors themselves will not be able to construct a picture of what their uh, what their existing clients have invested in at that point so at wealthy i believe you're solving some of these issues and a lot more so can you talk me through maybe what the platform provides to a financial advisor and uh, some of the other key aspects of the platform got it no i think that's a great point today for an advisor we can solve for multiple needs so the first one of course is giving them tools so they can advise better right? yeah second that we able to solve for them is that we today have 242 financial products available yeah. on the platform for an advisor which ranges which range from pre-designed strategies in funds to let's say fd which is offering a better than bank interest to right. something complicated like a private equity product yeah right. so that's the kind of range that an advisor today can engage with uh, for their clients and execute not just execute them digitally but also show them a picture that how does all of this fit together and give their portfolio a right kind of diversification that is right for them and give them the right. kind of returns that they are looking for right so uh, that's number 2 and number 3 of course is reporting on a regular basis being able for them advisors for for them being able to manage their client relationships like you know simple things for example birthday right yeah being able to sort of wish people uh, on their birthdays to even complicated stuff like for example markets have been on a downtrend right so how do right. i ensure my investors with a communication that is essentially institutionalized right but at the same time it sort of looks very personal right yeah those are the other things that we are able to uh, leverage advisors are able to leverage platform for and finally being able to manage their business so how much have they earned so far this month what was their original plan how many clients have uh, done fresh transaction how many clients have so you know all the analytics and managing their payouts their earnings right so uh, so that's on the advisor side on the client side of course i think uh, you know uh, if you look at on the client side then there are three aspects of a relationship right the first is advice right second is advising yeah. includes both when you're getting in plus you know ongoing advice of controlling behavior right correct second aspect is um, execution of products or execution of you know set of purchases and third of course is reporting right so all of these yeah. three uh, of course in advice a lot of it is as an interaction between the advisor yeah. and the client but the other two parts are completely automated and clients also have a client interface to manage their money uh, with so for example if let's say you know i am your advisor but for some reason i am mm-hmm. not available for this week so you don't need to depend on me to execute something or let's say withdraw something so money at at all points in time money is in your control all your money is in your control completely you can analyze you can yeah look at uh, reports you can withdraw you can take actions all of that you can do on your own as well right so so that's really so in a, in a sense it's basically a complete platform for both advisors and clients to manage the relationship at the same time they can continue to do things on their own if they want to Aditi, also saw on your website that today you have like over over three thousand plus well partners on the platform, and right. uh, the platform manages over I think I N R thirty three billion on the platform already. Right. right. So talk to us a little bit about the traction you're seeing for the platform. Yeah. To be honest, you know, uh, we have, uh, and by the way, all of this has come 
after spending about just maybe 40 lakhs on total mm-hmm. marketing which we did last year and in fact that was one of the reasons because you know we wanted to get to a place where we are very confident about how the business is is a proposition right for both consumers and advisors and are we able to sort of build a business model uh, which sort of makes money on top of it right and once we've right. gone that is when we sort of raised uh, money to sort of scale up our approach right so last two years have been amazing for us we've gone literally from uh, zero to sort of you know where we are in last two years it's been a journey that we did in um, you know last two years and i'll talk to you about our journey before that as well but uh, but last two years we've you know if, even if i look at our real revenue monthly revenue we've grown almost 20x right yep from it's the phenomenal capital, from the seed capital that we had raised uh, in october 2019 which was about 1.3 million dollars so, uh, so yeah, I think, but more importantly, we have very high NPS scores on both sides, advisor as well as uh, client side, and which was extremely important for us before we said that let's start scaling. Second thing, I think in terms of platform today, as I said, we have 242 plus financial products available, which range from predefined mutual fund strategies to, you know, insurances to FDs to equity products to, you know, private equity kind of stuff as well, right? platform has really come a long way in last two years in terms of the depth and breadth of products available to an advisor and a client to execute right and uh, i think this year we are uh, now it's the capital that we have raised is to grow 10x in this year uh, and on real revenue again and uh, and yeah i mean i think in terms of team we have done exceedingly well uh, we have uh, and that is actually very interesting i think that's something we probably should do another podcast on it but we are seeing very senior bank leaders, very senior wealth leaders from the traditional industry wanting to switch sides, right? And we've That's already interesting. and we will announce some of those hires. But we've already had a couple of very senior folks from very well reputed private banks sort of move and you know sort of build uh, India's leading you know wealth platform, right? And which which essentially can solve for ninety nine percent of India, not just the one top one percent rich of India. That actually brings me to the next question I had, Aditya. What's the, I'm curious about what's the customer profile of your customers? Uh, what does a typical wealth partner look like, for example? Yeah, so a typical wealth partner would look like someone who has, you know, quit his banking job or, so we have three different types of people, but, you know, uh, one of them is people who have quit their banking jobs and are starting out as an entrepreneur. The second profile that we are seeing, as I said to you earlier, so that there are a lot of people out there today yeah. who already are engaged in some sort of uh, entrepreneurship entrepreneurial activity in the field of personal finance right and these guys sort of get access to more products technology free of cost and we also help them in you know their marketing efforts right and the third yeah. category of people cohort of people is very interesting again these are people who are accountants uh, who are friendly you know sort of software engineers also but have been uh, sort of casually helping their friends right and uh, now they're saying that okay let me um, let me make my hobby a profession to an extent which is what i did as well as a founder right hmm. in terms of wealth yeah. parties that's the kind of profile we are seeing uh, and on t- in terms of consumers i think what we are seeing definitely is that most of our advisors work with clients who are talking about a lot like you know the savings are imp- savings are a, a reasonably large part right so these are okay. not, and also clients are at a life stage where they are very serious about the money decisions they make so for example 80% or 82% of the client base that our advisor partners or wealth partners bring to the platform are greater than 30 years old, right? Okay. Which is sort of very different from, let's say, an investing app. So yep. I think that's what we're seeing. And there we are seeing sort of concentration around 35 to 45 years of age, 
where we're seeing some concentration there on the client side. But then after that, it, there is a long tail of people who are near to retired or retiring. And there is also people who are sort of uh, millennials, but earning decent money, right? So, so that's really in terms of client profile, that's what we're seeing. And geographically, like our first set of wealth partners were from Bangalore. So we were, but after that, now we have, you know, I think 80 plus cities where wealth partners are working with us from. So whether it is small city like Sholapur or, you know. I'm curious, Aditya, have you seen more traction in uh, smaller cities, uh, non-metro cities, as opposed to just the metros? I think not really. Uh, and in fact, that's what probably excites us the most and uh, about what we're doing here. Because we are seeing people who have, you know, uh, because not every 35-year-old would have a lot of money. There are 35-year-olds who want to do 10,000 rupees a month kind of investment. So we are seeing a breadth of, you know, clients who are doing 10,000 rupees a month, which, which is serious money for them. At the same time, we're also seeing clients who are taking, you know, fight and crore kind of decisions on the platform with us, right? So I would say it really depends on, you know, the network of a wealth partner that we bring on board, right? And, uh, and less so on uh, whether uh, we are, uh, you know, whether there's a tier two is better for us. Because tier two, like there are some pockets that, you know, for example, Raipur, we're doing really well. Odisha, we're doing really well. But all of those pockets where we're doing, you know, like which are outperforming are driven by the network of health partners that come on board. I think the other question that I would have and pretty much all the listeners would also be interested in is how does a platform like Wealthy make money? Do you charge any fees to the wealth partners? Talk a little to us about the business model as well. Yeah, I think right now the business model that we have chosen, uh, going back to what we had spoken about, yeah. the state of the market right now, we have chosen the model of earning uh, a commission on the products that are placed. Right? Yeah. And then that is sort of split between wealth partner and us. right? So for example, if it's, let's say, an equity product, maybe it earns us 0.7%, right? So part of it will be split partner and the rest will be retained by us. So that's how we... Uh, that's how we uh, generate revenue. And Aditya, talk to us a little bit about a roadmap. How do you see Wealthy evolving over the next couple of years? And in general, how do you also see the industry evolving over the next five years, for example? Yeah, I think let me answer the industry first, right? Yeah. So I think industry, I think a couple of things. One is definitely, uh, you know, some banks will lose uh, lose out on this whole shift of uh, money moving out of bank deposits or illustrated or gold into you know, new age financial products, right? That is something that is going to happen. Second thing, I think structurally, we'll see a lot of employees who are currently working with end clients, either as a bank employee or even as a sort of employee of, let's say, a large wealth manager. A lot of these people will go independent, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think that's a trend that is anyway happening across the world, right? That there is, there is the economy, greater economy on the rise. And part of that is because, you know, it is becoming easier and easier to set up business right uh, and and players like us are here to help them and being independent also gives them a chance to offer a client you know something that they are, cannot offer if they are part of a large organization right uh, because then they are not they are constrained they are no longer constrained in terms of their in a, their intent to do the thing for the client and in terms of ability platforms like us will be able to help them compete with any you know large outfit and obviously if you look at private banks even today we can you know sort of Compared to proposition, any client would say that our proposition is much better than, let's say, a bank that they're currently banking with. I think this has been a very fascinating conversation for me, Aditya. It's been great conversing with you. If our listeners wanted to know more about Wealthy and get in touch with you, what's the best way to do this? Listeners can reach out 
to me directly i am on uh, aditya at wealthy.in or uh, they can if people are looking wanting to work with us they can visit wealthy.in/careers but yeah, I'm, i i make myself available on email and uh, uh, i'm always uh, looking forward to interact with you know folks who might have an opinion or might not have any opinion about what we're trying to do so so i'll repeat myself i'm available on aditya a d i t y a at the rate wealthy.in and uh, listeners can reach out your listeners can reach out to me uh, by just shooting an email excellent aditya we'll include those details in our show notes so people have that as a ready reference thanks a ton aditya for taking the time out to speak with us today thank you elroy it's been it's been fun and uh, all the best for what you're doing for fintech ecosystem thanks thanks again aditya That's it for India Fintech Diaries for this week. Do log on to our website indiafintechdiaries.com for exclusive content. Until next time, stay safe.